0: Today, guys, you're going to hear a true life story from me about how one of my former business partners got kidnapped, and I actually had to pay a ransom of over $100,000 from an Amazon business just to get him out. Say what? How's it going everybody, welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellerist Podcast. I'm your host Bradley Sutton, and we're gonna do something a little bit different today. It's gonna to be a story time with Bradley episode. All right, I want to give you guys one of my craziest experiences as far as working with any Amazon related company. I'm probably gonna have a few of these, but this is a pretty crazy one. I might need to sell the the rights to the movies one of these days. All right, well it might not be that interesting, but I think you guys will find it kind of crazy. All right, so. As some of you may or may not know, my journey with Amazon actually started, you know, maybe five years ago or so. One of my old partners, you know, came to me and he was like, hey, I'm going to start a cell phone case company. I would like you to join. Now, these were in the days, it's not like today, that's kind of like a joke, like, hey, well, let's get into cell phone cases. You know, that's, that's a joke because we all know cell phone cases are so saturated and things this is way before then. This is in the Galaxy S3, S4 days. S four had just come out, so I'm not sure what year that was. But anyways, you guys can can look that up. So this was somebody who I had been working with for years. So you know, it was a Korean gentleman I had partnered with way back in like 1998 what was the first time I started, or 1999 around there. We had started a company for aftermarket car parts. This is when the Fast and the Furious came out, and I had started the company where we were, you know, taught We, we were selling aftermarket cars or aftermarket parts like body kits and exhaust systems and intakes for Korean cars. I had a Korean car at the time and I was like, Hey, I would love to make parts for my car. And I saw that there was a big need. Everybody was making stuff for the Japanese cars. And I was like, Hey, I want to be able to be the source for Korean cars. I was like 19 years old and the business was doing like a million dollars a year in, in the United States. So it was pretty, it was pretty successful, but that was my first, kind of entry into, you know, hooking up with these Korean gentlemen who are, you know, who are great guys. One of my friends, Sam, still does that business actually on his own. But then, you know, partway through that business, another partner had come on and seemed like a good guy. He was like a money guy. He had, he he invested in the company and, and had a lot of good contacts. And then, you know, we, we just, you know, started doing business together. And then after I got out of that one company for the aftermarket car parts, I still stayed, you know, close friends with the other gentleman we stayed close friends. We did different ventures, you know, throughout the years, his daughter even stayed at my house with my family for like one whole summer, one year. That's how close of friends we were. I taught her how to drive. I mean, we were pretty close family friends, even though we weren't always doing business together. So, you know, I would help him with different things. He would help me, you know, he would put me up at his house when I would visit Korea and different things. So this went, you know, for a good 15 years. And then he approached me and said, Hey, I'm going to start a cell phone case company. I got a good manufacturer here in Korea. I want to launch this to the States. And at that time I was just working kind of for the man, as it were, I was a marketing analyst for a large food corporation. And I was like, you know what, this working for the man thing that I've been doing for a few years is kind of annoying. Sure. You know, you've never steered me the wrong way. Let's let, us I'll. i will go ahead and join your company and and let's see what we can do. So we started off like, just like crazy. All right. We joined with another partner who was here in the States, another Korean gentleman, and he was working for a business that was selling a lot of accessories online. And so we kind of all three of us joined together and and formed this company. And I was kind of like the, the money man or not the money man, but like the, the name person, because being the only U S citizen, I had to have everything in my name. And then I also provided like my house and warehouse. Like I provided my house and warehouse. I was part of the deal too, as our new warehouse. I actually have a warehouse at my house, a a 2000 square foot warehouse. What happened was it used to be run by somebody who had a wood making business. So when I bought that house, I was like, Oh, this is perfect, you know, for for my car parts business. So anyways, and, and by that way, by the way, my house became the office for the company. So I actually moved back in with my parents at that time. So, we started this company and it was just doing crazy. Like in the beginning, we only had like five or six SKUs and each one was selling like 500 to a thousand units a day of phone cases. It was just ridiculous. Our one other gentleman who had joined with us, he just had the idea that was unique at the time. He's like, hey, let's do some 3D rendered images, 3D rendered images for our listing instead of just photography. And that just was like game changing at that time. And, and we didn't really know what we were doing. Like me personally, I didn't know anything. I was kind of like the logistics guy. I was there in the warehouse sending everything to FBA. We had a machine that was an automatic packager. So I would literally package by by myself 500 to 800 cell phone cases a day that were Amazon orders fulfilled by merchant. Like we weren't even doing FBA at the beginning. That's how successful these were. We could just send that many out FBM. And so that was like, kind of like my job. I was like the money guy, that I, I, you know, my name was on everything and I was the logistics person. They really didn't even teach me how to do much on Amazon at all. So, you know, this was going great. I mean, this was like crazy. You know, they didn't really know much about Amazon. They kind of like lucked into this. So basically my partner, the one guy who I had been friends with for a long time, he was kind of like the guy who was the supplier. He would find the factories that we were using and he would be the one to always go to China back and forth. Actually, he moved the production from Korea to China to save money said that he, you know, started a factory over there with some other people. And we just kind of trusted him to do all that stuff. And anyways, after a while, you know, business started going down a little bit because again, they didn't really know what they were doing on Amazon. So once other companies that, you know, started catching on to what we were doing and actually knew what they were doing, they were kind of taking a little bit of the market share, but we were still making some pretty good money. But then one of his trips, one of my partner's trips to China what happened was all of a sudden I got like a call. I don't even remember if it was from, from him or from the lawyers over there or something. But he, he, here's, the, here's the crazy part of the story. He basically had been kidnapped by the Chinese mafia. All right. Chinese gangsters kidnapped him. And, and I still remember, I don't remember who I was talking to because I was just kind of in shock. But I was just, I got the call. I'm like, what? So as it turns out, what happened was he was getting cell phone cases from a certain factory that he had done a deal with. And he had credit terms because we were bringing in containers of these cell phone cases every month. So they loved us. And so they gave him some terms. But then what I found out was he took one of their production managers and started a new factory with that production manager and like still owed like a few hundred thousand dollars to the original factory. But then. He just didn't pay them and he started ghosting them. All right. So he was going to China. Little did we know that, you know, just to start with this new with this new factory that he had started with their, this guy and was just checking on things. But then somebody, an employee of the new factory told the old factory because they, they were looking for him. They're like, Whoa, this guy owes us a, a few hundred thousand dollars. You know what's going on? And they had told him that this guy was going to be here. So basically the Chinese mafia and the Chinese police who were in on this, they went and kidnapped him. All right. I mean, like everything, like tied him up with zip ties and everything. And it was crazy. I, I heard more of the story later, like when they kidnapped him, he actually was able to jump out of the moving car because he was trying to escape from them and like got all cut up because, you know, he rolled on the, on the street, like a few times when he jumped out of the car, but it was all for not because they went and caught him. I mean, this is like legit Hollywood story. So anyways, they call me and they're like, Hey, you know, we have no guarantee that he's going to pay. If you, got, if you want him to get out of here, you have got to sign something that says you, because you're the business owner, you know, me, Bradley, you are going to pay us back in the next, I forgot what it was, like nine months or, or six months or nine months, $150,000 cash. And you've got to completely sign this, you know, with our lawyers in United States present, present. And that's the only way you're going to get him out of there. And don't think about getting out of this agreement because, you know, we know where you live. And, you know, we're going to come after you next. And I was, I'm just like, what in the world is life? Like what is happening right now? So, you know, I talked over with my other partner, you know, there was three of us, as I had mentioned, I'm like, okay, what are we going to do? So we were like, Hey, we're making enough money on this right now. We can, you know, we calculated it out. We, we've we got to, we've got to sign this, you know, who knows what the, what the heck they're going to do to our buddy over there. So we were of course pissed because we had no idea he was doing these kind of shenanigans. So obviously we were super pissed at him. But anyways, we're like, "Hey, we we got to do this because I I freaking don't want Chinese gangsters coming after me and my family at my house or who knows what's going on, right?" So we're like, "Okay, fine, we'll do it. Set up the meet. So they they had their they had, you know, these Chinese gangsters uh, who were hired by the factory. They they had their own official, you know, American Chinese lawyer. So I had to go up to LA. I signed all these paperwork it says I Bradley Sutton agree, you know, Personally guarantee that I'm going to pay this $150,000 in the next X months and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So they released him. He got to come back to America. We we kind of like doghouse him like, can't believe you did this, dude. Like I ended, We ended up putting him in the warehouse and, and he, you know, here, this big successful Korean 50 year old businessman was the one who was packaging the the phone cases and stuff. We were obviously super pissed, but we were just working our butts off, trying to raise the money for $150,000. We had to like do these payments. I forgot what it was. It was like $20,000 every month and a half or, or something like that until it was paid off. And we were working our butts off and it became harder because like I said, now, all of a sudden these other cell phone companies started coming on and figuring out what we were doing and they were doing it much better than us. So our sales kept going down and down at the very end of it. We probably had like now 30 or 40 SKUs, you know, different colors and different cell phone cases and making less than what we were making or selling less than what we were making when we only had like four or five SKUs of the S3 and the S4. So it was probably one of the most stressful times of my life, you know, knowing that my name was over everything and who knows what the heck these guys were capable of. Like, what if all of a sudden we couldn't, you know, pay back this loan? Like what's going to happen to me legally and you know, non-legally. Right. So long story short, we ended up able to pay it off. It was the great feeling to be able to, that last, you know, that last one and, you know, legally unbinding us to there. And, and we kind of like started over and, and not to have that that over me. But I don't know what the moral of the story is. I mean, this is just pretty crazy story. Cool story, bro, right? But like what, what, some, some things to take away is like, be very careful with, with any kind of partnership or joint venture that you do. Obviously, if it's somebody you don't really know, I mean, have like tons of things in place where you really know that, you know, don't just have your part of the business and they have their part of the business. I mean, everybody should have their own responsibility, but there's got to be a lot of transparency. Don't just give one person so much power with one aspect of the business where something like this could happen. And this could even go for somebody who you might consider, you know, or somebody who is like a relative or a long, you know, above 10 years family friend like this guy was, you know, we had no idea this kind of thing could happen. And, but because we just kind of like let him do his thing and just trusted, blindly trusted that he was taking care of everything in a way that was uh, to benefit the company, this is what happened. And, and, you know, be careful too with your liability. Like everything was me, like my partner's names weren't on anything because it, it was all me because I was the American citizen. And so like everything was on me. So that was another, you know, mistake that, that, that I learned from, but guys, crazy things could happen in this business. And, and that was one of the craziest things that, that happened to me and things could have gone very differently. You know, like things might not have gone out that great had it not been handled or, or had, you know, something gone wrong or an Amazon account got shut down, things like that. Right. So just make sure that you guys are really safeguarding your businesses take a lot of precautionary measures to protect yourself, protect your, your partnerships, whatever agreements you have come in, and hopefully that doesn't happen to you. So I'd be really curious, do you guys have a crazy story? It doesn't have to be with you know people kidnapping your business partner and, and threatening crazy things, but I'd be curious, what is your crazy story? Go ahead and send it to support at helium Ten dot com. You guys, support at helium10.com. Send in your crazy story and just tell them, hey, this is for the Serious Sellers podcast. Bradley had said to send in our story. If you maybe we could talk about your story on the air or maybe I'll even have you as a guest or a few of you as a guest. And let's talk about your stories. And especially if it's something that you think people can and should learn from and maybe could protect them from something similar that happened. So thank you guys very much for joining me on Story Time with Bradley. I'll try and think if I have any other crazy stories, but hope that doesn't give you any nightmares about what could happen, what could happen to you. I didn't mean it as far as that goes, but just as a kind of warning example of what can happen. And I hope you guys are able to take something from it. So until the next episode, we'll see you guys later.